What's the estimate of kids being trafficked in Thailand and then globally? Do you, do you have a number for that? Uh, and it's, if I remember correctly, my brain is horrible at, at statistics. But one of the things, uh, I think the last number I saw was 40, there's 40 million slaves worldwide, right? 4% uh, of that 40 million is kids. And so actually children being, being, being sold. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the last statistic I saw too on just in where we're at in Asia, 80% of all sex trafficking um, happens here in Asia and the Pacific areas. That's the bulk of where all of uh, sex trafficking happens. And so is in wow. the Asia area. It's still, like I said, it's not a place on earth that it doesn't touch. It's not like, oh, yeah. it's only in Asia. It's literally everywhere. It's if you have a, if you have a drug problem anywhere in, in your state, county, city, town, Yep. There's traffic in man. It, it just, they go hand in hand, brother. John, you and your wife are the founder of Swap Ministry International, which is a spiritual warriors against trafficking ministries. Thank you for your service. Thank you for what you oh, do, man. man. And thank you for your time. Man, it's all Jesus, brother. It ain't us. We, we, we always like to say we like the toenail. Uh, on the pinky toe of the body of Christ. We fall off every day and nobody misses us, man. We all right. So we're, we're just Come happy on. to be a part of it, man. We're just happy to be a part of it. Oh, that's great. Dude, I like to go back with my shows, man. Where did you grow up and what was childhood like for you? Oh, man. Um, man, how long we got? Um, this, <laughs> yeah. So um, I grew up in Mississippi. I grew up uh, okay. in a little town called Brickade, Mississippi, about, about 45 minutes, uh, 30 minutes from the Louisiana border. And um, just grew up down south and uh, grew up on a little small farm and uh, out in the middle of nowhere and um yeah man uh just had a had a um um a love even as a kid to like travel and to go and to do things and so um ended up joining the marine corps when i was uh about signing papers when i was 17 um my dad my, had my you know my, my granddaddy was army and my brother was navy and so uh, my dad said you can join any branch of the service you want to if you join the marines i'll kill you and i, I was like <laughs> okay well I uh, turned 17. I went and joined the Marine Corps. So it was, of course. Uh, uh, it was one of those things. And so uh, left there uh, in 1998, uh, got on the footprints uh, in California and um, met my wife uh, about a year later uh, in uh, Virginia Beach. I was at Intel school there and, uh, and uh, met her. She went to Italy. I went to Japan. Um, and then, um, you know, God brought us back together and uh, we, you know, we stayed talking every day on phone. This, this was before Skype. This was before zoom. This was right. like, you know, just writing letters and, and getting calling cards, you know, and using pay phones and crap. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it was always interesting. So uh, we did that for a year, got back and got married. And then we had another couple of years in the Marine Corps and she was in the Navy. Okay. And, um, I don't hold it against her. I mean, we, we always have to have somebody to drive us where we need to go to fight. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have, you gotta have cab drivers, you know, sorry. Um, and so, uh, awesome. so, <laughs> so uh she doesn't think so but it's all right, right. um yeah. but uh we ended up uh you know got married in 2000 and then uh 2002 we got out um and um got out moved back to mississippi um just was uh you know our, our heart was really far from god at that point um really wasn't living for him and, and uh really going through a lot our marriage almost imploded uh, we almost got a divorce and uh, again, God started healing us. He started drawing us back to him and it started drawing us together as a family and God healed our marriage and restored us and, and then called us in the ministry. And so um, that's where uh, we surrendered, surrendered ministry in 2008. And then um, by 2010, he had called us on the mission field out here to Thailand as assistant pastor of a church. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, that's where we started. Uh, we had to teach English as a, a second language. That's where that's kind of had the reason to be in the country. 
Yeah. I'd have a visa. And so um, if you've never taught English as a second language, it's like driving a pencil through your eardrum every five minutes. And so it's horrible. It's, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, people that, that are able to do it, praise God for you, because I could not. So I started praying. I was like, God, I can't do this for two years, man. This is, this is going to kill me. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I just started going, God, what can I do? How can I reach the community? And, um, and so it was like, well, I can, I can fight a little bit and I can preach a little bit. I'm already preaching. So let me, let me open a self-defense class up. So yeah. uh, open a self-defense class up and uh, God has blessed it, man. And got connected uh, to the human trafficking rescue teams. Uh, Destiny Rescue was our first team in 2011. We started training them and man, this blew up from there and just kept growing and growing and growing. And uh, we moved back to the States for a couple of years and then, um, Founded SWAT Ministries at that point, and um, and then man, we moved back here full time, uh, 2015, and that's Come where we're at, man. So, wow, yeah, that's in a man. nutshell. Sorry, I was too long, man. I'm sorry. No, no, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it, dude. How, you, you mentioned you kind of were doing a fight in it and then preaching thing, but how did you get into yeah. martial arts in, in general? Yeah, man. I mean, like every kid, like every kid, I don't know how old you are, but every kid, you know, in the nineties, you know, grew up watching Jean-Claude Van Damme and right. Ninja Turtles and Karate Kid, man. That was like, it, everybody wanted to be that one of those three. And, uh, yeah. and so I had a love for, for martial arts. I started, uh, Ishinu Karate when I was 10. Uh, I just started doing that for, you know, here and there for a couple of years. And then, um, and then, um, just bounced around to going to Taekwondo with my buddies and those kind of things. And then okay. doing the Marine Corps, get involved in the you know, Marine Corps, uh, martial arts program, man, it was called line training, fell in love with that. Um, started doing that. And then also, uh, got connected with a, uh, a captain in the Marine Corps who was an Aikido black belt. Okay. And I'd never heard of Aikido before. I mean, I'd heard of it, but I didn't really know what it was. And so right. I was like, man, I really want to check this out. So I started looking, looking into it, really liked the ceremony of it, really liked the flowiness of it, loved it. And so, um, so I started doing that and I uh, did that for um, a few, couple of years, got out of the Marine Corps, uh, went back to Mississippi, started doing some judo, uh, Aikido, and, uh, and got connected with a, uh, the Mississippi Law Enforcement Academy okay. uh, there in Pearl, Mississippi, and uh, became an, a law enforcement instructor under a guy named Ron Crew, uh, and he was the head defensive tactics instructor at the Law Enforcement Academy. So uh, instructor certification under him and subject control systems and police subject control systems. And, um, yeah, man, then started, um, just kind of went from there and doing different things. Uh, some of my instructors were doing Kali at the time. So I was doing Kali. I was doing Aikido. I was doing Judo, a little bit of Jiu-Jitsu, some Muay Thai and kickboxing kind of stuff. Uh, and then, um, ended up, uh, coming to Thailand in 2010, did some Judo and some Muay Thai here. Um, nice. and then went back to, um, back to America when we moved back and um, was down in Florida training with a guy at um, uh, uh, I think it's Brandon, Gracie Brandon, uh, in Florida, uh, a black, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt down there. And I was training and uh, we were doing some techniques and I was showing him some rollover techniques and handcuffing techniques and stuff. And he was like, well, can you can just do this to defend it. And I went, let me try it and see. And so uh, he would, he would just shut it down every time. I'm like, Hmm, I need to, I need to get more sophisticated with my ground. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and so uh, we moved to Virginia okay. after that and uh, found a Pedro Sauer block out there. And this started doing nothing but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, combat submission wrestling and Judo uh, nice. there for a couple years. And then we moved back to, um, to Thailand. And then there was a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school that was here uh, that had started up a couple months before we moved back nice. and started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu here under GFT uh, Rai under a couple of black belts here. And, Love it, man. So I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for eight years now, eight and a half years, something like that. And then okay. um, doing Muay Thai. I got my crew in Muay Thai. I got my, I'm a purple belt now. 
uh, in uh, in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and black belt in Tahoe Jiu-Jitsu and a brown belt in Aikido. So uh, come on, that's it, man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. All around a bad man. No one. Nah, <laughs> just <laughs> just awesome. a bad man. Not not yeah. like a bad. Like, oh, you bad? Like no, I'm just a bad man. I'm just yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> nobody awesome. wants to be around me. Right. <laughs> uh, you and your wife, like I said, you guys started the the Swap Mysteries International. You guys are both like absolute world changers through this. But for those who don't know, what is Swap Ministry International, and why did you guys decide to start this thing? Yeah. So um, what SWAT does is is we um, provide uh, self-defense and defensive tactics training for human traffic and rescue teams. That's how we started. Mm. Because like I said, we started in 2011 training best and rescue. Yeah. And these, because these guys that are going undercover, they're not, you know, they're not freaking Rambo. They're not, you know, special forces guys. Most of them aren't. Most of them are just carpenters and plumbers, electricians, just normal guys. Wow. We say, man, here's, here's the, here's a problem. And I'm, I I want to be a part of the solution. So they sell everything they own and they move over to whatever country they're, they're in and they start just trying to rescue kids. And so they find themselves in a lot of dangerous situations, as you can believe. Yeah. And, um, and so they didn't have a way of like, so if, if, you know, crap hit the fan, what are they going to do? How are they going to get out of there? And so they had some situations and then God kind of through God's providence kind of connected us in with them and started training them and um, doing that to, to help them, uh, you know, protect themselves. And that's kind of started growing. And so that was our main focus was uh, helping human traffic and rescue teams. Also training the, the house parents. We, we um, uh, kind of revamped the self-defense system for house parents, uh, kids, uh, adults that deal with children who have been brought out of trafficking. Cause a lot of these kids are broken and you figure they've been you know, yeah. sold up to a hundred times a night, man, they're freaking broken. Oh and so lot, sometimes they can have, you know, they can have, you know, bad days. And yeah. so, um, yeah, but they were just sort of hearing stories and kicking windows out of safe houses and trying to stab the house parents with it, with the shards of glass, breaking legs off of chairs, trying to hit the house parents with it. Uh, we were down in Dominican, man. And, and those girls were taking toothbrushes and filing them down like shivs and prison and stuff and trying to stab the house parents with it. And, you know, oh and so gosh. stuff like that. So he's like, man, we got to train the house parents too, to protect themselves, but also to protect these kids, man. Cause they're trying to, they're trying to restore them uh, back to wholeness. And uh, you know, if, if you're, you know, attacked by a 15 year old kid with a you know shard of glass what you gonna do you gonna survive your survival instincts kick in and yeah. you may throw a one two on them you know something like that and um but and you may stay safe but what's going to happen is you're going to break that trust you've been building with these kids for months and so right. one of the things that we started training the house parents to do is how to protect themselves but also keep the kids safe so that was the second kind of part that kind of happened in, in the self-defense training and then we start training the girls themselves after they've been rescued out. Part of the rehabilitation program is yeah. to uh, basically give them tools to protect themselves if they're ever back in situations uh, once they're back in society. And so that's kind of how we started. And then we started moving into, uh, uh, we started actually kind of getting more organized with our, with kind of our approach for everything. And so we have th a three tier um, model. And so we have our self-defense and rescue side, because even some of our, um, our, our operatives or our not operatives, our um, staff will go out on rescues with them to augment their team sometime. Wow. And so that's our, our, our help and rescue and, and keeping them safe. And then we have our outreach and discipleship, which is going to the villages, going in for our prevention and stuff. So going in and making sure telling kids about, Hey, this is, this is what traffic looks like, but also this is who you are in Christ. This is your value. The girls have, you know, you have value. You don't need to be sold. Nobody's able, nobody, 
um, can, can hurt you. You know, you have value that is in Christ and in God, and he's given you that. And so you're worth protecting. And then, so we give to, to the boys in the village too. We said, you know, God's made you strong. God's made you a warrior for a purpose and that's to protect those that can't protect themselves. And so we're trying to fight that on the, on the, the core level where the trafficking comes out of and those really poor villages and stuff. And then of course, doing outreach in the gospel, telling the gospel every time we go, yeah, and that's um, that's our second tier, and our third tier is aftercare. And so, um, one of the things that we're 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 doing right now is we're um, opening up long term aftercare uh, homes uh, in order to to bring these kids into a family that are too young to go into like the community care, and it's too dangerous for them to go back to their home. And so, what we're doing now is we're trying to start start what we call a safe village. And so, yeah. we're actually we're actually uh, excuse me. Actually, in the process, the Lord willing, if God brings the money in, uh, of buying 10 acres uh, of land out in the middle of nowhere uh, to provide a safe village uh, for these kids that have about four or five families that bring in kids and just raise them, disciple them, love them, and restore them and send them back out in the world, man. So that's kind of uh, us in a nutshell. I don't know if that makes sense at all. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, man. That is awesome. And I just saw that you guys did sign the lease on that land, uh, you know, at the end of September there. And Man, yeah. just praying that all goes through right, and yeah. man, you guys are, are just doing so much for the Lord, man, and, and uh, just impacting yeah. the world, man. Thank you so much, man. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's all Jesus, man. Yeah. <laughs> we can't yeah. take no credit for it. Right? We can't take oh, no credit man. for it. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, starting with Rewebbed. They are the best digital marketing agency on the planet. I love working with those guys. Founded by a guy named Ian Inman. He's on a mission to feed 1 billion kids and help 1 million entrepreneurs. Go check them out, tell them I sent you. Alpha Outpost, amazing monthly subscription box sent right to your door every single month. You can start for five bucks, they send you cool stuff like this. Go use the code TOPRATINGMMA for 15% off your order. Every time that I have a guest on my show, they say that's an amazing flag. Well, this flag here and many others that I own are from a company called Combat Flags. It's a veteran-owned company. They're on a mission to donate as much money as they can to stop soldier suicide. It's an amazing organization. Go check them out, Combat Flags. I, you know, I first heard about you guys in the documentary that Craig Sawyer did, Contra Land there. Yeah. Currently, what's the estimate of kids being trafficked in Thailand and then globally? Do you, do you have a number for that? Uh, and it's, if I remember correctly, my brain is horrible at, at statistics, but one of the things, uh, I think the last number I saw was 40, there's 40 million slaves worldwide. Right. And wow. so I think two, 2% or no, no, I'm sorry, 4% uh, of that 40 million is kids. And so actually children being, being, being sold. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the last statistic I saw too on just in where we're at in Asia, 70 or I'm sorry, 80% of all sex trafficking um, happens here in Asia and the Pacific areas. That's the bulk of where all of uh, sex trafficking happens. And so is in wow. the Asia area. Um, and so it, it, but it's still, like I said, it's not a place on earth that it doesn't touch. It's not like, oh, yeah. it's only in Asia. It's literally everywhere. It's if you have a, if you have a drug problem anywhere in, in your state, county, city, town, yep. there's trafficking, man. It, it just, they go hand in hand, brother. So it's, it's everywhere, man. And, and like I said, kids are the most vulnerable and easiest to target. So it's going to happen. Yeah, it seems like where I'm at, at least my wife and I have noticed that it comes in waves where we won't mm -hmm. see like missing kids for a while. And then all yeah. of a sudden we'll see like, eight or 10 over a couple of weeks that are popping up yeah. all of a sudden, you know, and it's like, man, just swooping in and getting them out of town, I guess, man. It just is yeah. insane. You know, oh, man. 
I'm sure that all the rescues are, are different, but what's that situation mm. like for your team when yeah. they go in? Is there a typical rescue process that you guys have to go through to kind of get these kids out there? Yeah. So one of the things is we don't directly do the, the rescue. Like we help right. we augment teams, but we don't, we're not the ones actually going in. Like, so we, we try to make that very clear. We augment yeah. and support those that do. So like Destiny Rescue, Exodus Road, um, there's tons of other organizations. There's actually about seven different organizations we work with um, that do go in. And so we're partnering with them, helping them, supporting them, helping them grow them out. So there, there's two, usually two ways uh, rescues happen. Uh, one is through what they call a soft rescue. And so what a soft rescue is, you basically go under, undercover and you build a relationship with um, the girl. You, you find a target and you start building a relationship with them, talking with them, finding out information, uh, find, making sure their age, making sure you know they are being sold and those kind of things. And then once you build the relationship and they trust you, then you go, okay, here's who I really am. Here, I can, if you want a way out, I can get you out. Uh, and because a lot of them just go, okay, cool. I don't want to be in this. Let me go. And so they can leave. They, they just kind of, they set up meeting up and they're gone um, before the trafficker can, can find out what they're going to. Yeah. Um, and so, but sometimes um, that doesn't happen. They're either, they're either there to like, no, I want money or no, my, they're going to say they're going to kill my family or no, that, you know, I, I can't, who am I going to go to? I don't have any papers. I'm not a citizen of New York. And so when those, when those happen, um, then all information is taken to the human trafficking police of whatever country they're yeah. working in. And then, uh, I mean, it's not like your local, you know, Barney five guys, it's just the top level, you know, uh, FBI level of every country that, that they partner in, we partner in. Yeah. And we, we work with those on a really small team and they do, they, they have all, they've already got all the Intel, all the information, and then they just go do a raid. And so they do a setup and raid, go in and bring, pull the kids out or arrest the, the traffickers. And so that's usually the two ways that it happens, either through just a soft rescue or an actual raid uh, that they have to you know, build and, and then go into the police and arm, arm police officers and pull them out. Gotcha. How can folks get involved with Swap Ministries? I mean, obviously, I think you guys have an awesome shop on your website with really cool products, but what are the other ways that folks can get involved with you guys? Oh man, like uh, man, you can get on a plane and come over here and, and work with us uh, if you yeah. love Jesus and and um and you want to get involved, man. We're we're always looking for people to come over and and actually you know work on the ground with us uh, in the states as well. We're actually building uh, what we call shield bearer teams, okay. um, and uh, those are 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 um, going to be they're more discreet. We're, we can tell you that it's there, but we're not going to tell you who's who's part of it. Right. Um, but if you're a martial artist or if you're a special forces guy, somebody that has skill sets that can um, that as well. That can't move over long term but wants to be a part of, of training rescuers those kind of things and going and being part of our training teams uh then there's a, there's a way to do that um Sweet. and there's some there's avenues you can get contact through our through our website and stuff and just message us and say hey we want to get involved and then we'll start you know uh visiting you and, and starting to evaluate if you're uh for the team yeah and so that's one way um and then also just doing awareness stuff uh you know we have you know fundraisers that happen all the time and if it, it's crazy I, i'm like I've become a professional beggar, man. It's like, it's, it's always, always fundraisers going on. You're like, Oh my gosh, I hate it. I hate asking for money. It's yeah. that's why I have other people do it. I'm like, I can't I just make <laughs> money. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so that's always something that's there. Um, and in, in the States that's, that's going, that's starting to happen there. And, um, yeah. And so I don't know, but the website has all the information on it. Uh, our Facebook page is how we stay in contact with most people. So you can go to Facebook, check us out, Instagram, Swap Ministries International, Facebook, Swap Ministries International, our website, Swap Ministries International, uh, dot org. You know, um, 
that's um that's how you get in touch with us, man. And so there's all kind of ways to do that. Like I said, through there's I mean we have uh, positions for states um, for like graphic designers or you know media people or you know human. Well, we got a human resource guy now, so we don't need that. <laughs> but stuff <laughs> yeah. like like normal like normal admin stuff we'd have yeah. those too. If you're if you're not if you're not in training, but just say hey, I, I'm a, I'm a good administrator. Like, well, come on, man, we need you, brother. So yeah, our 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 sister, you know, we're we're good with that. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but that's no, good. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect, man. I love to finish my show with, with just my favorite thing is like, I love music, man. So I just love to ask yeah. this. Do you have a favorite type of music or favorite band that you like? Oh, man. Oh, Lord. I, I like all kind of music. I'm, I'm pretty, like you listen to my playlist on, uh, like I put it on Spotify. It's like from 90s uh, rock to, you know, to, to whatever. It's, it's some weird, you know, techno crap in there too. So it's, okay. it's, it's all kind of all over the place. Uh, I love 90s, 90s alternative, like Stone Temple Pilots, probably one of my favorite bands. Chris, yeah. with Chris Cornell, Soundgarden, those guys. That's my, my go-to, man. I love to sing this stuff and just uh, <laughs> and rock out on, on 90s music, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know if that, there's a, I don't have a favorite band. I don't know if there's like okay. this one band that sticks out uh, yeah. to me. Yeah. I don't know. Man. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you like, man? What, you... I'm big on the 90s too. I was kind of used yeah. to be like a big, just straight metalhead, like Korn, all right. you know, like Chevelle yeah. and all those guys. And Yeah, oh, yeah I, I love Chevelle. You know, I got a job with Universal Records in my early awesome. 20s and I did that for a year. And so they kind of like, were like, dude, you have to listen to this music. And it was like country yeah. and rap and all this R&B yeah. stuff. And so it kind of opened my eyes to everything. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I kind of, I'm all over the place, but I, my heart is really in that nineties, that hard rock man. And, and, you, uh, man. you know, things like that. And, you know, I've, I mean, been blessed to go to probably 150, 200 concerts in my life. That's man. awesome. And, you know, it's been, that's awesome, man. Such a I've huge been to two, thing, okay. two concerts <laughs> in my entire life. That's it. And what, well, actually, sorry, three and, and okay. two of those were Christian concerts and one okay. was Aerosmith. Oh, <laughs> so nice. That's <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I took, so I went and saw Aerosmith. Uh, one year in my early, I think I was 19, and my parents had almost to the date had seen them 27 years earlier in a man. small cost band. Just like wild, man. <laughs> they got some longevity, man. They got yeah. some longevity. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll uh, make it. I think they're going to be a pretty good big band, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. One of these days. <laughs> yeah, probably one of the coolest things I ever saw uh, was during that concert with Aerosmith. Uh, the guitarist just way on a guitar. And also, yeah. he takes a strap off and he takes his car, guitar and smashes it on the stage. And, like, almost in the same motion that he smashed the guitar, this guitar comes flying out from the side of the stage. He catches it and doesn't miss a beat. And that's just keep, awesome. I mean, just wild. I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's awesome. Is that Joe Perry doing that? Or who was that? Yeah, doing yeah, that Joe one? Perry. Yeah, Joe oh, Perry, man. That just, golly, that joke is good. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, for so sure, good. man. Man, John. I was sad. Like Eddie Van Halen died. Man, that's just oh. that sucks, dude. Oh, I was like, I, I wasn't a big like Van Halen guy. What, what's it? I wasn't a David Lee Roth guy. I was more of a Sammy Hagar guy. But I, yeah. like, even though you didn't listen to, like a lot of music, I didn't listen to a lot of music. It's yeah. still, you know, you miss, you miss. You know, Eddie Van Halen was one of the greatest, man. So man, absolutely sad day. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, John, such an honor to have you on my show, man. You and your wife and your team out there absolute world changers man thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening i really appreciate it anytime brother anytime anytime with uh anyway we can help you let us know brother we're we're here for you man absolutely and i want to give a shout out for your podcast man what's the what's the podcast man tell me about yeah man so uh we have uh me and my buddy anthony he's actually one of my uh administrators there in america in north carolina we have a podcast called um guy stuff guy stuff s h 
S C H T U F F. I can actually spell. It'd be great. <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, we just bring we do interviews with with people who um, who love Jesus, but also are doing some amazing uh, work for the kingdom. And I was having good job, like cool jobs. Like we had a, we've had a, um, a crimes, uh, FBI agent from the crimes against children was on. We've had a com- Christian comedian, Ben St- uh, Brad Stein on. We've had uh, a Bob Smiley, Craig Sawyer, still team six guy, John Salter, uh, the first the contender for uh, Bellator. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had this, we get, God has kind of opened the door uh, to a lot of cool guys on there and a lot of rescuers. And actually some, if, you're, if people are interested in rescue stuff, there's actually an interview with uh, one of the head rescuers that I've been training for years is on, on our podcast. So you can check us out on YouTube, Spotify, all those things, man. It's, it's, it's everywhere. So. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, um, you have to come on. You have to come on the show, man. You have to come on our show now. You got on, oh, on yours. You got to come on ours, man. Absolutely, man. We'd be an honored, man. Would love to, man. Um, I'll shoot you an email after this, man. We'll make it happen for sure, dude. Sounds good. Bro. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I so appreciate it. Please leave a comment down below. Leave us a review. Share this video. We want to get it in front of as many people as we can. I'm going to continue to bring on the best guests possible from world changers entrepreneurs, success-minded people. We are creating visionaries here on this channel. Thank you so much for checking it out. Have an awesome day.